So, yeah, Disney Plus, great. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Welcome to Dunstan Checks Men, the one and only show where we watch the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In minute by minute. And uh, we pair each of those minutes with another feature film. I'm Emily Monkeytown. I'm Lord Andrew. I forgot what my name was for a second. Sure Quite you did. literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Lord something. <laughs> um, You're, you joke. <laughs> that was, you said Emily Monkeytown and I went, fuck, what's mine? Lord. Uh, yeah. Uh, today we watched minute seven plus 50 yeah. of Dustin Checks In. There it is. Uh, also known as 57. Mm-hmm. And a little film from 2010 entitled MacGruber. Mm-hmm. We probably should have watched MacGruber together, actually, because at one point we had atten- intended to watch all the SNL films together. Yeah. And I just realized we have now broken that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we did intend to watch all the SNL, but it was with the caveat of like 90% the of them are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caveat. 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 <laughs> hey, if you're on the Discord, go into the show notes channel and tell us who's right. Uh, we're dealing with a very smart ape. Yes. This is a line spoken by our friend Paul Rubens. Playing the character Buck Lafarge. Yes. Uh, he has just shot. A- he ain't Pee Wee in this one, folks. No. That's the poll quote on the Dunstan Checks In movie poster. I would hope so. <laughs> he ain't Pee Wee in this one, folks. His, that would be his character poster. Yeah, yeah. get that poll quote. Yeah, if they did a, <laughs> did a, char- a poster for each character. Like it's a character fucking posters mo- are wild, right? Yeah, they are. That's really... Marvel did that to us, didn't it? Uh, so I, I, uh, could be. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 if there were Star Wars prequel character posters. Huh. Yeah, that's probably likely. I distinctly, I mean, there were definitely character ads. We all remember Who Demand, Yo Demand, the famous Yoda-centric ads for Attack of the Clones. God, why? <laughs> uh, so I Buc- wish, huh? can we take a brief aside to talk about the Star Wars sequel trilogy? Okay. I wish the advertising for them was as shameless as the prequels, <laughs> trilogy's advertising was. Do you, do you th- think maybe they are we're just not the audience we're not aware of it yeah uh i don't think so because Luke, I, I would ask for you to point me to something as as shameless as who to man yo to man hmm. i haven't seen a taco bell so i'm not seeing little plastic kylo ren's at taco bell i'm not seeing any of that yeah that is upsetting right the merch has gone down yeah but do you think that was because of lucas i mm, well I, yes, partially because yeah. I know notorious, like famously, Lucas uh, when he sold Star Wars, made sure that he got like uh, most of the merchandising rights. Like he specifically yeah. kept that because this was his plan. Um, so I think a lot of that was Lucas, but also like it's not like Disney is not big into merchandising, you know? Yeah, I think it's also just a different time. Like when was the last time you saw? I guess Marvel still does do like commemorative Dr Pepper cans. Yeah. Oh, I've got right now sitting in Casey's fridge because I gifted her a 12-pack of Dark Berry Dr. Pepper. You know who's on the can? Oh, well, yeah, that's Mysterio. Mysterio, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. But I don't, that that even didn't seem like an event. And it, that's got the Sony stink on it. Yeah, it's got a little bit of the Sony stink. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not a big deal. Like, remember the, remember the soda cans with the, with the Phantom Menace characters on it? That was a great time. It was a great time to be alive. Yeah. I want to see that kind of energy with the Star Wars sequels. Yeah. 
That'd be fun. Maybe we'll get that with Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he's doing me that with Knives Out. I, Knives Out's got character posters. Character posters, but really, I mean, character posters are a good step one. But I, I'm really looking for more. I, I want to see prizes at Taco Bell. You want step? Not seven. McDonald's. I want to be very clear. Whoa. Not McDonald's. Taco Bell. If Taco Bell does not have prizes, well, you prizes, know, they're called. McDonald's has the deal with uh, with Disney. Yeah. That's where, you know, you can find the Pixar toys. You can find the, any Disney. Yeah, that sucks. That's just life. That's life. That's just the way it is. That's what the people say. Oh, there you go. That's your Joker reference. Well, no. To me, that song will forever be associated with Tony Hawk's Underground 2 because it was on the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. And I'm mad that, the, that Joker is trying to steal that away mm-hmm. from the great American institution that is Tony Hawk's the, Underground the, 2. What was it called? The Murray Talk Show? Like, it had the dumbest I fucking don't know. name. Anyway. Uh, a smart ape, mm-hmm. a very smart ape, a very smart ape. Not just a mildly smart ape. This is not um, just like an ape who watches Succession. You know, this is like an ape who uh, who solves the Monday New York Times crossword. Monday is like the easiest, or the Friday. I forgot how it goes. Sunday is the hardest. Well, whichever one's the hardest. Actually, wait. Is maybe Friday is the hardest? I just know there's a linear progression to it. There really is. And I couldn't remember which end was the hardest. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm clearly not a smart ape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, this is after Buck Lafarge has shot out the glass. He's looking out of the broken glass, which I believe he saw Dunstan escape through. Kyle definitely did. Yeah. Uh, Kyle is still hiding in the bushes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then we we're, we're now join we join in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Dubrow and Mr. Grant. Dubrow. Mr. Grant says he's a psycho. Yeah. He says it's within earshot of Buck Lafarge. Yeah. Uh, without missing a beat, Mr. Dubrow says, I like obsessive people that get stuff done. And I would like to talk about the film McGrouper. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, here we go. I'm going to be honest. I struggled to, to, to pair a, a movie with this minute. Wow. I My first thought was Mighty Joe Young because of something that happens towards the end of this minute. Yeah. But I couldn't remember if that was a scene in Mighty Joe Young or not. And since I didn't have such strong feelings, I felt like that wasn't a good pairing. Uh-huh. So I, I searched deeper within myself. And what I found was MacGruber. Mm. Uh, because MacGruber, similarly, similarly, similar to Buck Lafarge, yeah. MacGruber is a character who could be both described as a psycho and obsessive. Yeah. But... Obsessive is pretty much the only thing MacGruber has going for him, I would say, in the movie. And going for him is yeah. dubious, even. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems like you didn't like the film MacGruber. I'd never seen MacGruber before. Mm-hmm. You had recommended it to me. I was a big, big fan at the time. Yeah. I will say, parts of it definitely do not hold up. But I still think it's a very funny movie. I Here's the thing. About... Probably about halfway through, I was like, yeah, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And then something happened where they knew which dial to turn Here you go. for the funny. Here you go. Yeah. And they turned the funny, they turned that right dial right up. And yeah. I went, ah, it'll get you. You saved it right at the <laughs> yeah. end. But my God, it took a while to get there. It takes some time to get there for yeah. sure. MacGruber is a challenging film. Well, and then the other thing, is, there is a part at the beginning that I thought was it, building funny parts. Sure. What was that? Uh, the, the, playing with the whole, the action tropes. Sure. Where he's he um he's partnered with the Piper. Yeah. 
and he hates him instantly. Yeah. That's I thought that was funny. That was yeah. Because that's in every action movie. And yeah. and because this one's like a R rated comedy, yeah. They can just have him just look him right in the eyes and say, like, I fucking hate you. Yeah, like, he goes like extremely needlessly over the top hating yeah. him. Yeah. It's and that's very funny. It is very funny. Because in an action movie they would have some kind of reasoning. For those who aren't familiar, by the way, McGruber is the twenty ten film starring Will Forte, Ryan Felipe, and uh Vicky St. James. Um, <laughs> based on the SNL sketches, the SNL sketches were kind of MacGyver. MacGyver? MacGyver. MacGyver parodies. Uh, this is just sort of a general action movie parody, I would say, yeah. until the very end. So, something I, I had read was that um, uh, the director, Jar- J- Jarma Tacone? Jarma Tacone. Jarma. Uh, he had told the actors that he was working with that. Like, uh, basically, you need to act like you're in like a 1990s produced Joel Schumacher film. Yeah, and that's that is the level of action they're getting into. That is the level of that. quality yeah. that they're getting into. Yeah. <laughs> and that that stuff is funny. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other thing that I was worried about going into it is I had seen some of the MacGruber sketches from SNL, mm-hmm. and those are kind of one note. Yeah. Which, so they kind of they play into that in like one scene in the movie, and then they kind of largely ignore them. Otherwise, I would yeah. say. And and the the interesting thing is that that scene is towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, which I think a lot of I don't know if I have any proof of this, but I feel like SNL movies they're going to do their gag right up front so people know that they got what they paid for. Yeah, this was I would say a different kind of SNL movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but not to the point where it was uh what's it Lauren wanted to Lauren Michaels wanted to make this movie yeah which apparently shocked Will Forte or or whoever wrote it I think I think this was like the height of like Lazy Sunday was very popular I think he mm. was very much trying to get some of that digital short energy yeah uh, which is why Yorma directed it probably because he was one of the three Lonely Island guys who did all those digital shorts yeah I think uh, I think I, I this feels very much like a, a manufactured play at getting that kind of audience with this movie. Yeah. I don't think they really showed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no one showed up. No one but, like, me and a dozen other people showed up at the yeah. time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, I like this movie. There's definitely, like, a handful of very, like, of, like, shitty homophobic and transphobic jokes sprinkled yeah. throughout that were, were kind of a bummer to see. Yeah. Uh, but I, I still think a lot of the stuff in it is very, is very funny. Will Forte is, is great in it, I would say. Yeah, one of those gags actually literally shocked me. What's that? Uh, when he's putting together his tough guy team, uh-huh. uh, and one of the all... homophobic gags because there's one in here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. that horrible his tough guy team made up of all wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he goes to to get like the last guy or second to last guy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he's working at as a mechanic, played by the Big Show. Yeah. Uh, and then while McGruber, this is all. This has become all montage now. Yeah. He's so, like, he, he, he like grabs a guy, then crosses their name off the list. And yeah. the names are to, are, to give the sequence credit, the names are very funny, like parodies of action movie names. Yeah. Um, and so when he, he sees this, this the guy, big show, the big show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, huh? I love how obviously you're not a wrestling fan. No. By the way, you say the big show, <laughs> the big show. <laughs> Is it the big show? The big show. The big show. <laughs> the big show. All right, just go on. Um, MacGruber first is very pleased. Yeah. And then another man walks up to the big show holding, what, a, hold, uh, a drink with so, a fruit in it? Yeah. And and then kisses him. Yeah. And then MacGruber 
instantly displeased, makes this disgusted face. Yeah. And turns around. Crosses his name off the list. Like angrily crosses it yeah. off. Like I will never ask him for anything. It's a bummer. But I, hey, I could, I had to double back because I went. I did not just see what I just saw. Yeah, that moment is is bad. <laughs> it's like shocking. <laughs> um, but hey, the lesson of that kids is being gay will save your life because look what happened to the rest of the team. Yeah. Well, then that's this is this hits on my other thing that I I had told you that I don't like about this kind of movie, mm-hmm. this kind of character. Yeah. Is that this is a character who is bumbling and not bad good. at his job? Yeah. And yet. There are like a handful of people who are like, oh, my God, he's the greatest. Well, where I would say McGruber sort of for me successfully flips that a little is they all say he's the greatest. And then he makes that very big mistake. And they say, oh, shit, he sucks, actually. And they fire him off the case. And he has to literally beg his way to get back on the case. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I also I do enjoy that gag where uh, he accidentally kills all of his lifelong friends because Mm. he was just a dumbass who propped who packed the C4 badly. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't love that. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought it could have been. I don't know what it missed. It was missing for me. Well, I, this movie, it's it's like one of those things. Where, I mean, this movie, it, it's a very it's a very this movie joke. And this movie's bread and butter is just going extremely over the top. Yeah. Where like in that moment, the truck blows up and then he runs over and the whole scene is just like this very long extended moment of him like picking up arms and stuff that have blown up off this truck and be like, guys, you're okay, <laughs> yeah. right? He, he really, they, I, I wanted to find it very funny that he said something like, one of you had to survive. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is <laughs> that, funny. Yeah, that, I, I recognize that. I went, that should, I should be laughing here. Yeah. I don't know. Just I would say that along with the sex scenes later are the two most extreme moments in the movie. That was, How no, do you that was pretty fucking scenes? funny. Yeah, the sex scenes were really fucking funny. When, when it turned to the second one, that's yeah, why I was yeah. like, okay, now they've really hit on something yeah. funny. If you're only going to see one scene in MacGruber, make yeah. it the two sex scenes. Yeah. The two back-to-back sex scenes. Uh, which Yorma uh, Tacon uh, thought that they would get NC-17 rating for. <laughs> I also really enjoy the moment where MacGruber um, makes uh, Kristen Wiig dress up as him to be a decoy. Mm. And he says... I don't know why. I just think you're really pretty right now. <laughs> yeah. That's a good joke. I do like... Well, this and movie's then, got jokes, is what I'm saying. Yeah. He he does make uh, Ryan Phillippe dresses him as well. Yes. The Those are funny. Yeah. In, the, in, the, in their own way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, the, the other thing where it really kicks up for me is at the, at the end when they're storming the base. Mm-hmm. And MacGruber's whole thing is that he does throat rips. Yes. That was so funny to <laughs> that me. That was really good. Because it's so, the way he does it is like so gruesome. Yes. And then, uh, you know, his, his teammate there is like, oh my God, what did you just do? <laughs> yeah. You could, we could, I could have just shot him. Yeah. There's also a thing where McGruber doesn't like guns because he thinks they're weak and lazy. Yeah. Um, and then he finally gets a hold of a gun and he just. He's like, oh, this is way easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a great moment too where like a guy is knocked out and McGruber's like, oh, somebody better, uh finish him off and he's like very like he's like licking his lips and and itching his neck yeah yeah uh it's great it's very funny (laughs) yeah that was pretty funny yeah how do you feel about the celery in the ass stuff um (laughs) you know i think it's that is again in that style of the most extreme yeah because i took that to be kind of a play on what 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 uh what uh Guardians of the Galaxy, make them no. dance. <laughs> you put Seller in their ass in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? No, what are you talking about? Uh, what is that one where it's it's a uh, you know he's he's too old for this shit? What is that film series called? Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Isn't there? Isn't the second or third Lethal Weapon? It starts with uh, he he tells the one guy to take <laughs> off all his clothes in, in the rain. What? Yeah. 
What are you talking about? There's a about? lethal weapon where there's a bit where... Yeah, but how is this connected to the celery in the ass? Because it's the idea of, like, a distraction is a man who's almost naked. Okay. I thought, I was like, oh, they're they're playing off of that idea that's very funny. Because yeah. it's stupid. Yeah. And it's like, they're just ripping that off directly from Lethal Weapon, where he's like, take off all your clothes, and he's in the rain. I don't remember is that. Is that a scene in that? It could be, but I don't remember that. I don't I don't remember the, the latter two Lethal Weapons very well. I, I couldn't tell you one from the other. And as you... As you found out, I couldn't even tell you the name of the damn series. Well, so. four is uh, Chris Rock and Jet Li are involved. I, it's all a blur. I Unless know I saw Chris Rock all. is in four. Jet Li is definitely in four. I, I'm pretty sure Chris Rock is also in four. Chris Rock, uh, the the premise is that Chris Rock is having sex with Murtaugh's daughter. And yeah. that's not. It's not good when women have sex. So, mm-hmm. as we found out from uh, Ti. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bummer huh yeah uh, T.I. go fuck yourself yeah you're, T.I. you can go screw you're gross and bad yeah and I'm uh, you know <laughs> whatever do we have anything else to say about MacGruber uh, a movie that also even it's a movie that I like but let's face it is kind of gross and bad yeah yeah it's yeah I wouldn't watch it again fair uh, I don't think, I even think I'd recommend it to anyone. How do you feel? This is a joke that I remember really enjoying at the time, and I still think it's pretty funny. How do you feel about the runner with uh, him memorizing the car license plate? Okay, the payoff on that is really good. Right? <laughs> the payoff on that is really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- but although that was, again, another one where I felt like it, it needed one more thing, and I don't know what it was. Sure. Uh, but I really enjoyed he's he's on the phone with, you know, his commanding general or whatever. Yeah. Powers and, booth. Yeah. He's getting, he's getting the information and telling him some information. And while he's doing that, he's busting up this car. Yeah. And then he, at the end, he pulls out a can of gasoline and lights it on fire. Yeah. Because earlier in the movie, this car drove by him and made fun of his car. Yeah. And he just, uh, he on the spot memorized the license plate and has been repeating it on and off for the entire film. Yeah. I just like, he sees it goes, what are the odds? <laughs> like, that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. There, there was, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there where I, uh, I feel like you had mentioned in our last episode as a clue for mm-hmm. this, that they wanted to make a sequel or yeah. someone did. Yes. IMDb still lists a sequel. I, I don't know that it's coming. Uh, well, that's because there's a quote where the director said, uh, I will make it even if I have to do a Kickstarter. Yeah. He said <laughs> it will happen in some form. Yeah. And when did he say that? Oh, years ago. 2014 it's, or something. Uh, it was not anything that. I don't think he was serious. I think he was joking. Yeah. Um, but there's some weird stuff in there where I feel like they could pick up for a sequel. Yeah. Like um, the Val Kilmer character, Von Kunth. Yes. Which that, that's a joke on its own. <laughs> yes. Uh, he has a daughter. Mm. Right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you need a villain for a sequel, just use you the, daughter. the daughter. You got the daughter, yeah. Done. Uh, and then they even, just out of nowhere, which this is again playing into that action movie trope of oh the hero and the villain have a stronger connection than we know yeah is that um the von kuth and and um mcgruber yeah went to college together yeah and they both dated the same woman or whatever well they both dated his ex-wife yeah uh then you find out that mcgruber stole her yeah that's uh, stole her while they were engaged uh made her terminate her pregnancy with with his child yeah uh mcgruber seems like the bad guy in the story well yeah i thought that was a fun little twist too there 
Well, yeah, and and that's I just think playing on on all the tropes of like oh tough guys when they're when they're bonding they reveal their backstory. Yeah, and then while Piper is sitting there hearing this, he's just almost like disgusted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that leads to the scene where he just gets shot so many times. Yeah, and McGruber's like, my God, he's dead. Yeah. That was where the movie picked up for me. Okay, that 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 scene also has one of my favorite uh, jokes in the movie, where MacGruber says, "You're loco, man," and subtitles kick in for just that moment that say, "You're crazy, man." <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Here's what I like about MacGruber. Uh-huh. MacGruber to me successfully does like the kind of humor that like Airplane or Naked Gun was doing back in the day for a modern audience, way more so than any of those like modern quote unquote parody movies do. Yeah, the epic in terms movies. of just yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of just like extreme silliness, like always going for the joke. Nothing mm. no real the story is just a flimsy excuse for the string of jokes. Yeah. I, I, I like it in that sense. Yeah. And I think it fits this minute well. Yeah. In Thank that you. sense. Because <laughs> uh, there's also uh, where where you had stopped me, we're about to the minute takes almost like a turn. Sure. Where it gets a little dark. Yeah, which I, would I agree with that. I think is at the heart of MacGruber. Yeah, there's, there's a, a darkness, darkness at the heart there, yeah. Uh, and then even by the end of this minute, um, there's an item in the minute that looks like an item from MacGruber. Oh, that's interesting. I actually don't know what you're talking about. I'll, I'll just say the 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 MacGruber, I think it's just in his one of his montage sequences where he unfurls, like, it would be like a, a thieves toolkit, you mm-hmm. know, a rolled rolled up yeah, yeah, I know piece of cloth. And it, in it are just regular everyday items. Yes. And by the end of this minute, we see like a first aid kit that uh, looks oh, kind it? of like that. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So there's some visual cues. Sure. Yeah. All right. Back to the minute. Yeah. Cool. Uh, he's still <gasps> here. I can feel it. Yeah. Does, does Buck Lafarge have a sixth sense? For sensing animals, I think maybe maybe like a shark, he can smell blood. Well, sure. Uh, I also think where would Dunstan go? Saying he's still here doesn't really accomplish much because we know he's not still in the green room. Yeah, green he's room, definitely, greenhouse. No, the green room. He's <laughs> definitely left the green room. He's ready to yeah. go on stage now. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was told by the stage manager yeah time who's patrick stewart and a nazi yeah that's weird that that, (laughs) they just did that all of a sudden uh but it's just the idea of i mean i guess we've seen dunstan climb down um the side of the building or climb up Mm -hmm. the side of the building yeah so he could be climbing down but yeah saying he's still here doesn't really they're on the roof like he's not like he's not like he's roaming the city now yeah i guess he maybe could have gone to an adjacent roof maybe I don't think we've ever seen a roof that close. To the Majestic specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we get to Kyle. He was in the bushes, so now he scurries off. Yeah. He goes to Dunstan's hideout, which mm-hmm. I described before as a Freddy space. A Freddy space? Freddy. Like Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> that was your same reaction last time yeah. that I called it Freddy <laughs> yeah. space. Um, which... Kyle is, you know, saying, Dunstan, it's me, his classic call to Dunstan. Yeah. Uh, And then that's where he touches the handrail, the metal handrail. There's, like, steps and a handrail. Touches the handrail, pulls his hand back, covered in blood. Yeah, like, covered in blood. And this is where I thought, well, wouldn't there just be a full-on trail of blood throughout this hotel? Uh, Apparently not. Because, (laughs) I mean, and then there's just some small drops of blood on the steps leading up. Um, it's also like, it's a lot of blood and it's like, 
it's very i mean i guess one person was doing their job on this movie and it's the person who needed to create realistic fake blood yeah because it looks real oh yeah it's uh, it looks too real for this children's movie yeah frankly uh so then dunstan uh well kyle looks up the steps and mm-hmm. there's a slow zoom and mm-hmm. dunstan reveals himself peeks around the corner looking sad looking sad yeah uh then the we go to the next shot we're in kyle's bedroom uh-huh. brian is there he says he's incredible yes he's absolutely incredible to be fair that's wouldn't wouldn't you say that if you saw an orangutan just chilling in your little brother's bed no <laughs> i feel like to say that i would have to see him do a trick no it's an orangutan and you're seeing it in the floor well, how close have you ever been to an orangutan in your life zoo circus i don't know yeah exactly and then figure you're in the same room with them and there's nothing separating you he's just chilling i think you would be in awe i'd be terrified i mean yeah yeah uh so i i think in this moment we're also supposed to take that brian now like he believes he, yeah this is the moment where he finally believes kyle yeah yeah and so p- perhaps the the incredible comment is more about everything that you said is true because yeah. here he is yeah that's probably the angle that they're going for yeah uh, so then uh, Dunstan lays his hand down. He's yeah. been kind of holding it close to himself. Mm-hmm. And you see that it's bloody in the center. This is the source of the blood. Yes. And uh, it's kind of a confusing shot because it's his left hand, but they, they like frame it so that it looks like it would be his right hand. Well, the, If the, you pay t- close attention, it makes sense technically. Yeah. But it's it's just disorienting. Well, they do the, they, they do the thing where you cross the, the line. Yeah. When you, when you're, you, they cross they have like they're filming from one way yeah then to film the hand they film from the opposite direction yeah which that makes the extra confusion yes uh which is not necessary they could have just filmed it the one way <laughs> yeah, yeah uh another thing that i i i wanted to bring up so i guess it kind of makes sense how dunstan got to his space uh-huh. uh because he knows how to hide through the vents maybe that's hiding the blood trail um but how did Kyle get Dunstan back to the room? Back to Kyle's room? They just snuck. Yeah, he just, he rolled a natural 20 on they sneaking. Had a, they had a big box, as Metal Gear Solid style. I mean, I guess. It just, it's such a leap to me. Well, I mean, that's, that's one of those things where I feel like if this was, if the rest of the movie was better, we would forgive this little moment of yeah. like, oh yeah, like, for pacing, you you don't necessarily need like a whole scene of them sneaking again here, so... Yeah. It's kind of yeah. I I think I, well, I, I can. I'll I'll give them the credit there to say like I get why they just skipped over that. I think it also plays into. I mean, this is giving what I'm about to say is giving the film a lot of credit. The idea that Mr. Grant is a bad parent. Mm-hmm. So after sort this incident, absent. yeah, yeah, he, he would not. He does not check in on his son. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like oh, a man fired a gun up here. Yeah, let me make sure my kids are in their rooms and not roaming around with this gunman. Yeah. And uh, also, there's a wild orangutan in the wild my hotel. Uh-huh. Um, incredible. Oh, so when the bloody hand shows up, Brian says, "Whoa, let's take a look." Yeah. Uh, so he he has the a first aid kit out, mm-hmm. and he remarks on what is in the hand that's causing it to bleed is a piece of glass. Glass. He has a says, real heavy heavy accent there. Yeah. What kind of? Could you discern what kind of accent that is? Uh, New York. I don't think that's New York. I think it's New York. I don't know what it is. It's a big piece of glass. Chicago? Could be Chicago. I think it's Chicago. It could be a Chicago. It's some Chicago glass. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing there. To be fair, I also was not doing authentic accent work, but still. No, yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, a piece of glass. Yeah. And that is the last line. And the last thing we see is that Brian is reaching into the first aid kit to get something to get the glass out and clean the wound. I would say this is an uncharacteristically like adult responsible moment for Brian, mm-hmm. where you you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, from what we've seen of this character previously, you wouldn't assume that he would be this calm, collected, and able to handle the situation easily. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he would also, uh, the, from the characterization that we've seen before this, he would shirk the responsibility just wholeheartedly. I don't know about that, because I think, I think an ape can sort of shock your senses, and, 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 and even, even an irresponsible child such as Brian would be like, oh, wow, we need to take care of this. Uh-huh. I'm just surprised that he's like good at it. Yeah, well, we haven't seen him. Yeah, that's true. Good. He could be bad at it. He could be bad at it. Uh, that's it for this minute. That is it for this Minute. Should I reveal what my next choice is? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, I've chosen to pair with Minute 58, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And with that... When your friend picks a flick that you know sings like shit, that's a veto. That's a veto. What the hell? <laughs> what just happened? I played my little song for you. Would you like to hear it again to explain it? <laughs> Thank you to friend of the show, Casey Forehand, for the vocal work on that little song there. Dear God. I am redeeming my veto. Wow. Because I... One of three? One of three, so I'm now down to two. Okay. I am vetoing Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because it sucks, it's boring, uh-huh. and I've already talked about how it sucks and is boring on a podcast with you before, this is true. and I have very little interest in doing it again. This is true. With all that in mind, I've cashed in one of my three vetoes. Wow. Uh, I wish I'd had some warning, because I know <laughs> I had an alternate for this, but well, I... I wanted to do it as a fun surprise. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh... This also the, this is the first veto we've had on the show, so there was no established protocol. This is true. Uh, I will have to review the next minute mm-hmm. uh, before I, I can Here, come. let's leave a space for you yeah. to drop in the edit what the next film will be. Okay. The next film, according to you, will be... Osmosis Jones. And then that was your voice saying what the next <laughs> film will be. <laughs> well, you could veto that one, too. I could. Yeah. I mean, don't pick a movie I'm going to veto. <laughs> I didn't think you'd veto this one. <laughs> you can always just pick Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, the good version of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. No. <laughs> there was something oddly specific in Dawn. Okay. Well, I that mean. was in that minute. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to say now because I want to review the minute. What I did you think sure. of the song I made for you? <laughs> it shocked me. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sure. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so obviously I said the name of what we're watching yeah. for the next minute. Yeah. Yippee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> plugs? Plugs. How does this show work? Plugs. Uh, I do another podcast with Justin Kizan called Nothing New, a remake podcast. And this is, uh, we, for our most recent episode, if you're listening to this, you will hear us talk about Lady and the Tramp. The, the remake that is on Disney Plus. Wow. Uh, this is, this is, we're striking while the iron's hot. Yeah. So uh, everybody get a listen on that. And if you have Disney Plus, you can watch both. Both. Both ladies and tramps. <laughs> both uh, ladies, both tramps. Both ladies, both tramps. <laughs> uh, so, so please give that a listen. Uh, nothing new. Benvnetwork.com slash nothing new. 
Uh, and the other show I do is called, it's on my list. Because it's on my list. Pod.com. Is on uh, my list. We do, you know, we just get together and talk about movies that people say you should see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we figure out whether they are worth seeing. Uh, generally, it's a good mix of people who had and had not seen the films that we're talking about. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at Very Cool Emily. Uh, I also do a show with Justin Kizon and a third person named Vict Perfecta. Vict. If your name was Victor, would you ever think about going by Vict instead of Vic? No, I'd go by Victory. All right, it's me, Justin Kizon, and Vic Perfecto. Uh, we talk about the Godzilla franchise. We go into each movie and talk about all the little things that were going on at the time that made that the movie that it was. It's called Go, Go, Godzilla. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Please uh, rate and r- 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 write, write to us on iTunes. And the way that you can do that is by giving us five stars and a review. And what your review should be uh-huh. is you start it by saying, Dear iTunes. Uh-huh. And then you you write to them about your day. Okay, yeah. And then, you know. Are they writing to them or to us? Because I did say write to us. Well, you said dear iTunes. Well, I said write to us. And the way that you do that, didn't I? I don't know. Show notes. Show notes. (laughs) Uh, You can also find us on Twitter uh, at Majestic Hotel and Y on Instagram, Dunstan Checks Min. On Patreon, you just have to... No, you don't have to search for us because it's patreon.com slash Dunstan That's correct. On and, YouTube, you do have to search for us. Yes, and on YouTube, what you'll find there is fun little mashup videos that I do of the trailer of the movie we're talking about with the minute that we are talking about. Fun little shups. Yeah. And uh, to circle back to something where I caught Andrew off before I feel like he was about to say this, uh, if you do give to us on Patreon, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to R-A-I-C-E-S an organization who I've still only seen written down, but they're doing good work. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say? No. Well, just remember the Dunson is spelled with a U. Fuck. And we're checking out. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small ones steal and spoil. Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from Wizard of Oz to It and beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic From Beyond? Oh, no. Oh, that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Justin and I, and maybe a guest or two, to explore the wonderful world of remakes, film by film. Remakes have been done forever. People talk, but Scarface don't even know that was a remake. Oh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Antoine Fuqua. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.